If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about feeling special. What does it mean to feel special? We're talking about preserving that specialness and uniqueness you have in a relationship, but when you have multiple relationships, when it's not just because you're the only one. So to lead us into that, what is the feeling of specialness, guys? That's a great question. Thank you. I mean, we have like the euphemism for specialness, which is kind of like, oh, uh, he's a little special. Of, yeah. Not, not the most complimentary one. I don't think that's what we're talking about. I don't think, I don't think I mean, that's what we're talking what? about today. It's like, to feel well, there's special. Like, there's like a traditional meaning of specialness, which is like, okay, in relationships, what is it going to mean? It's going to mean like sexual exclusivity. It's going to mean, like, specific physical affection and emotional intimacy, like, reserved for one human being. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, like, normally the way that we seek or kind of, what, attach specialness to people tends to be very much wrapped up in our relationships, you know, and not just romantic relationships. You can have, like, a best friend. Your best friend, yeah. Exactly, like, who's special because of, you know, because they're your best friend, because you yeah. maybe you spend the most time with them out of all your friends, or you can share the most with them, or you feel the most intimate with them. And then the same thing can apply to traditional relationships. Is usually it's kind of like, well, you're special because you are my romantic partner. Because yeah. right, you're the I one person I've chosen one, to. Yeah, yeah, you're the one person that I've chosen to kind of fill my romance slot. Um, yeah. Not to be reductive with it or anything, but that's kind of how we tend to, you know, historically attribute specialness to someone but like yeah. i kind of still want to pick apart exactly what specialness is i mean there is that quality to it this idea of like you know this person who stands out from the crowd like but as far as the feeling of your within yourself of feeling special like what is that actually is well, it just like feeling unique? Is it feeling Yeah, like, I think that it's like this fuzzy warm feeling in the pit of my <laughs> yeah, stomach. Is it just is it just fuzziness? Well, no. I mean, I think that the part of it is feeling unique. And that is something that that sort of monogamous or like single best friend model of looking at it does tap into that is you're you're unique because you're the only person in this role. But yeah. if we take that a bit further, I still think that uniqueness is an important part of it. Um, you know, that you're special because you are the only person who is this sum of things that you are and relates mm-hmm. to people the way that you do. But I think it's more than just uniqueness. I think that there's also this this quality of feeling valued, of feeling like you're important to somebody else. Yeah. That, that you're not, you know, I could be a unique snowflake that nobody likes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no. You're a to, shitty to, to snowflake. Be, right. Like, like if, if we're all individual unique snowflakes, 
then you know it's sort of like if everyone's special then nobody's special kind of idea which yeah. which yeah. gets tossed around sometimes so i think that mm-hmm. more than just being unique it's this idea of being valued by sure. someone else or perhaps even just valued by yourself um since we have talked about kind of dating yourself and the importance of that so a question i have which is kind of a broad subject it might be better for another podcast episode or maybe somebody's dissertation um (laughs) but that feeling of specialness or that feeling of being valued is that a primary motivating factor in why we seek romantic relationships at all or intimate relationships at all i mean outside of like socialization and biology is it that is it you know because we want to feel special because we want to feel valued that that's why we that's maybe one of the main reasons why we seek these kind of intimate relationships yeah i mean that's a tricky question because i feel like in answering that question you end up asking a whole lot more questions and mm-hmm. you know um i don't know i guess kind of i would say you would run the risk of sort of pathologizing seeking relationships at all um well, that's that's not necessarily what I was implying that it that it's coming from a place of some kind of like mental illness or like some kind of need for <laughs> validation. And and sure, sure, people do seek romantic relationships for unhealthy reasons, you know, definitely. But yeah, it's kind of like sure. that sense of like, but if we're all kind of in the same boat, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that mm. one person is sick and one person is not. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's just a question of why is it that people tend to do these things or why is it that yeah. people like seek specialness at all like is it actually yeah, yeah. Factor why do we in, even like, why do we even enjoy feeling special yeah is it just because it's warm and fuzzy or why well so, i mean yeah. i would like kind I of would... self-affirming or like self-validating or is it like, act, sure. like self-actualizing maybe i mean it's tricky yeah, because mean... it goes into our to our brain chemistry and all of that too because it's if you know, if feeling special makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, like you said, Emily, like that's that means that there are chemicals in our brain that are reacting positively to this, yeah. which means that evolutionarily, theoretically, there was some benefit to seeking out this feeling, or there's a good reward for feeling this way. I mean, it's a, it's pretty complicated once yeah. once we start going that are road. I think this would be a good this would be a good <sighs> dissertation. I don't know because I I feel like I mean to just to kind of pick up that torch and run with it Mm -hmm. if someone is special to you you're more likely to want to care for them and so if you flip that if you know that someone thinks that you're special they're more likely to care for you which means you have a better support network which means you're more likely to survive Mm -hmm. yeah I mean if we took it to like sibling rivalry if there's a bunch of children it's more comforting to know that mom thinks you're special, whether that's that you're special in re- in relation to your siblings or, or you're special just in relation to everyone else um, yeah. in the world. You yeah. know that if mom, yeah, everyone else in the world, if mom thinks you're special, mom's going to take care of you, which means I'm going to survive. And so yeah. maybe it's, this is all like super, super reductive <laughs> right. evolutionary psychology. Sure. But, right. But I think that's where the thread lies, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so well, this week's episode of multi anthropology. <laughs> I know. I know. So, so if any of you out there are are working on coming up with an idea for your doctoral thesis, feel free to take that one. <laughs> Just you, uh, you know, give us a little <laughs> shout out. Let us know so we can read the paper. 
Um, that would be great. If the three of us read your dissertation, we'll basically like double the number of people who read a dissertation. So that would also make you feel <laughs> good. Um, no, that's actually. I can tell you just true. read the you just read the art of nonconformity, didn't I you? I did, and he talks about <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. That's where you got that from. <laughs> yep, uh, it's absolutely true. Uh, so so let's let's get down to you know the real Brass life practical tacks. applications here. Brass tacks, yes. Um, so what we decided we were going to start with um, when talking about maintaining that feeling of specialness and of value for your partners, we were going to start by talking about some maybe not so great ways to go about that. Yeah, because um, the thing is that obviously, you know, we're so used to the mindset being like, okay, well, you are my one romantic partner, so that means you're special because you are the only one. You know, you're my one yeah. and only. It's in every single freaking love song. Right. <laughs> um, so, but of course, when you're not the one and only, when your partner has multiple partners, or if you have multiple partners, then you can't rely on just that as being the thing that causes special. specialness. Yeah. It's like, well, you're, okay, sure, you love me, you kiss me, you have sex with me, but, like, you also love her and kiss her and have sex with her. You also love him and kiss him and have sex with him. So what makes me special? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, which is a big underlying, for a lot of people, it's a huge obstacle into non-monogamy and into polyamory is, well, like, yeah. how do I continue this feeling of specialness mm-hmm. when other people are getting something similar to what I'm getting? And so a lot of people kind of, will create some knee-jerk reactions to try to create specialness in ways that are not so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so let's, let's go through some of those. Uh, so the first one that, that kind, of, um, you know, kind of is related to all of these, but it's basically the idea that in order to feel special, I need to be put first at all times, regardless of the situation. Uh, meaning, you know, in terms of, of your time or your effort or your your thoughts or, you know, all those things. that, And a lot of couples who go into opening up their relationship from being monogamous fall into this one um, because it's the most similar to what they have been doing and what they've kind of been taught about what it is that makes each other special is simply because you are the one who has the role of husband or wife or person you live with or primary partner or whatever it's Mm going to be. Um, And so they'll think, oh, we're opening up, but we're going to try to maintain this feeling of specialness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this one's a tricky one because it's, it seems good in theory to the people doing it, but it's pretty much impossible to actually maintain with like really i would i would argue it's impossible to like really successfully feel special this way hmm. not only without hurting other people along the way which is the big side effect of this one but i would say even with hurting all those people along the way you're not actually going to feel more special in the long run that this mm-hmm. this isn't a long-term solution like our episode last week on sustainability yeah um mm-hmm. so how about another one you guys uh, so these next three that we have on our list are kind of all tied together. Um, so some people kind of tie up their specialists into, well, I'll feel special if you're willing to like cancel on your other partner for me, like sure. if I ask you to, right. you know, or I'll feel special if I know that I'm getting more time than you're giving to this other person. Yeah. Or sometimes, and really 
it kind of comes down to like, I'll feel special either if I'm getting more or if I'm getting the most, or if you are willing to take something away from someone else. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. again, this can be so subtle. It can be something like that. You know, it can be like, well, if I, if I just said it, would you cancel a date, you know, that you have planned with someone else? And, Mm -hmm. and that means that if, you know, if you did it, if I just asked you to and you did it, that means that I'm special to you and I'm important to you. And it's it's so tricky because, like, yes, on paper, like, that kind of makes sense. Like, if you would be willing to just drop everything when this person, you know, if this person says jump and you say how high. Right. That does seem to imply, like, there is some priority and specialness. But it's kind of at the cost of ethics and at the mm-hmm. co- at the cost of kind of being a decent human being yeah. is yeah. what I feel. Yeah. And to the thing is that. It, this also comes, you know, this also is attached to this idea of, like, needing to be put first. It's this implication of, like, my requests need to be put first. My feelings need to be put first. My desires need to be put first before anybody else's. And there's an interesting point that Franklin Vaughn and Eve Rickert made in mm-hmm. their book, More Than Two. They point out the fact that the thing is that everyone at some point needs to feel like they're going to be put first. And it doesn't mean all the time. But at some point mm-hmm. in every relationship you have, that's going to be a fundamental part of the relationship. Someone's going to need to feel like their needs are being put first. And in order for it to work, there can't be any kind of inflexible rule around one person always gets their needs put first. Does that sure. make sense? Yes. Well, and I would say that, that even not, not just that at some point in this relationship, some you know everyone will need to be put first at some point, but I would say even... To have, like, a a relationship that's not sort of starting off with a handicap or with this, Mm. you know, guillotine hanging over its neck is to to go into a relationship where that, that person understands that if something does come up where they do need to be a top priority or, you know, where they do need to come first, that that is a thing that they could get, that it's not like... Mm again with the the you know too prescriptive of a hierarchy like a predefined hierarchy it's like i could enter into a relationship with you but if you tell me right from the start you're never ever going to come first even if you don't tell me this explicitly which is maybe even mm-hmm. worse but you know you're never going to come first you're never going to be prioritized it doesn't matter what the situation is that's obviously going to put uh, that's going to handicap our relationship that's going to handicap you're talking about trust. like extenuating circumstances where a family member dies or like you have like a big problem or you're stuck like in a on the 405 or whatever and you <laughs> sure. need you know you need someone dearly and desperately sure and it doesn't even have to be yeah. you know it doesn't even have to be so uh, you know, devastating Dire. as that. Um, but it could just be like, hey, I, you know, something came up and I really need help. I would like to know that I would sometimes get prioritized if the circumstances, you know, made sense for that. Sure, um, yeah. And so I think that, and, and so really, like, if we take these ideas of being put first all the time that people do to try to preserve this specialness, these are basically the sort of the 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 path of good intentions that leads to things like veto rules yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know where essentially an entire other relationship is at the mercy of another one which is just 
not not a healthy and honestly not a sustainable thing, even for that relationship that does have the veto rule. And this is something that um, Franklin yeah, Franklin Vo's book, The Game Changer, is kind of all about that. Mm. How sure. that veto rule is put there to preserve one relationship, and really, if it ever gets enacted, all it does is hurt that relationship more than for it sure. protects it. Possibly mm. hurts it to the point of not being fixable. The last thing we wanted to talk about in terms of specialness fails is... Is it ethical to ask your partner to reserve a particular act, say like a sexual act or um, a certain activity or, I don't know, like a location, like, hey, we only can go to this specific bar and you're not allowed to go with anyone else Mm, um, for you? And then, you know, to say like, okay, those specific things make me feel special, so I need those within our relationship. Is that an ethical thing to ask of your partner? Um, and I, I think I go back and forth on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I go back and forth because it's, uh, I don't know, be- because, I mean, so for instance, you might be like, maybe, you know, there's, there is a particular sexual position that mm-hmm. is very special, some kind of crazy acrobatic sexual position that you and your partner <laughs> discovered one sure. night uh-huh. and you're like, wow, so this is acrobatic. the best. This is so great. I love this. But then maybe you're like, you know what? I don't want you to do this with anyone else. Like the idea of you doing this particular, like specific acrobatic sex position that like I associate with us. If like, I don't want you to do it with someone else. Yeah. Um, is that okay to ask is, does that help you kind of feel a little more secure and special? If it's like, well, I know my partner's only does this with me Yeah. or is that something that you really should let go of? Yeah. Well, I think the question that I would ask is, you know, do you do you feel that that's then how you should proceed on the other side too? Say your partner, you know, dates someone new or or sleeps with someone new who they they discover some amazing sex move through that. Do you want mm-hmm. them to only do that with them and never try to introduce that to you or or Good or point. you know, like something we've talked about as being a benefit of polyamory is that you're learning from other people, whether it's romantically or socially or sexually and bringing that back Mm. to your other relationships that you're all kind of growing Mm -hmm. and and collaborating and bringing things you know bringing back Mm. knowledge and if you're gonna be like well no 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 we do this special thing or you do this special thing to me and i don't want you to do that to anyone else yeah do you want that to go the other way too and i i feel like that's a harder most people would be like oh uh, i don't i don't know like that's well, I'm going to play a li- like a tiny bit of devil's advocate here just because of a sure. situation okay. that I read. I think this was on the poly subreddit. I forget where I read this, but a girl, she was in a poly relationship and she was also, she was a sub. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And, but she and her partner, like they were comfortable doing BDSM things with other partners as well. You know, that wasn't restricted to just their relationship. Mm-hmm. What bothered her is that her dom bought a collar for her. And then ended up using the collar on someone else. Mm. So that one falls kind of into this gray area, I feel, where it's kind of like, yeah, we're okay with the act of like, you know, you being dominant to someone else or you, you know, collaring someone else. But it was in that like he had bought this specifically to use with her. 
and then also used it on someone else. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, okay, like, just so you guys know, normally the sex toy rule, like, don't use the same sex toys on two people unless you're covering them with condoms. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just for the sake of safety. A collar is a little bit different. Or if it's a toy that's that's disinfectable, and not not all are. Yeah. But, you know, if it is. But, But I would say, though, that ethically, you know, this is something that you would want to talk to both of these partners about. For sure. Um, and the thing that's tricky about collars is that in the BDSM community, like collaring is a, a very symbolic big deal. Like buying yeah. a collar for someone is a big deal. So that that's almost yeah. like you know, like getting someone an engagement ring and having someone else wear it for a while. Like, <laughs> damn, it's uh-huh. you know, a yeah. collar is a big deal. So I think that's that's maybe a little to to me that would fall on one side of the line of like yeah you shouldn't use that collar with somebody else if that's something that was specifically presented to that person versus if you just like it wasn't sort of like a symbolic collaring but you just have a collar that you like to play with that you have and your partners know like this is Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. collar and you'll play with it sometimes that's a different thing but it's you know so it's 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 a gray area unless you know the specifics and only the people in that relationship could know that um But so I think, you know, for things like locations and activities and, and, and uh, you know, sexual positions or fetishes or whatever, that's kind of the, that's the question you need to ask, I think, is kind of what, what is it that's, is this something I'm limiting just to like yeah. limit something from other people? Or is this something that's mm-hmm. not going to take away from the experience this person can have with someone else? Like with sure. the collar thing or a sex toy thing, if it's like, hey, this is our toy, don't use this one with anyone else. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty reasonable because it's not yeah. it's not a a whole category of thing. It's just this one object and it's you can go like get another an one. Object, yeah. But yeah, but sure. that's the thing, but it's different if, if I'm like, Okay, please don't use this toy with anyone else versus please don't use this kind of toy at all with anyone else. Right. Yeah, that's a very right. different thing. Yeah, yeah I like, think that's where it starts to get a little... Please don't using toys with someone else. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners you can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com adammail.com or evestoys.com and select any one item it can be you know an adventurous new toy or anything you desire something fun something sexy whatever sounds good so just enter offer code multi at checkout and you'll get 50 percent off almost any item plus free shipping that's multi, M-U-L-T-I, at adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code multi 
to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Uh, okay. How exciting. Let's talk about some ways that we can win the specialness game in a healthy, <laughs> sustainable way. <laughs> All right. So one of the ways that you can make your partner feel special is you can express to your partner the things specifically that make them unique. So maybe they have a special glint in their eye that nobody else has. (laughs) I don't know. No, no. But for like example, like maybe you guys love Harry Potter and you just Mm -hmm. like love it so much. And the two of you were the only two that like get to go to Harry Potter Universal Studios together. And you guys just like share that. And that's something that nobody else shares. Or say the two of you love Legend of Zelda, like whoa, oh my god, and you play Legend of Zelda <laughs> together all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and expressing that to them and, like, making that known is is something that can really make them feel special. And it goes beyond just talking about, you know, your shared interests, but also, yeah. you know, talking about your special dynamic. You know, it can be about the kind of sexual chemistry you guys have or expressing sure. to your partner, like, I like that we're able to really effectively communicate through these things. Or I really like how like you stay so calm and you help me to stay calm, you know, like really expressing these very specific things that come up within your dynamic um, can really help to kind of reassure your partner that, you know, you do value them and that that, um, they are special to you. Yeah. And something to clarify about that too, uh, you know, with Emily's example of, of going to, you know, Harry Potter world or, or talking about <laughs> Harry Potter or whatever, we're not saying like before where it's like, Hey, you and me are the only people that can go to Harry Potter world. Like you can't go with somebody else, but you more not, <laughs> but more that it's that like, Hey, like no one gets like being a Slitherpuff like like you do right like it's more about yeah. that special unique connection that the two of you have over this thing not just because it's you're the only ones who do it but that there's like a certain like you get it you get yeah you know, that mm-hmm. about me or you get that part of me or like with Dedeker's example it could be something else too about you know that it's not even something so obviously unique from the outside but it could be like, hey, you know, I feel so safe being able to communicate my vulnerabilities with you in a way that mm. I don't feel with other people. And that's a really unique, special thing for me or, uh, you know, something like that, that it's that that can be a really meaningful thing that both makes that person understand how they're special and unique and also shows them that you value them. And that kind of leads think- into our next thing. Yeah, I was also just going to point out that Slitherpuff sounds like a new Pokemon. Um, it does, yeah. Some crazy, some crazy crossover action here. Uh-huh. Well, um, no, it's, it's part of this new a- this new quiz that's like going around that everyone's so excited about that you you it's take. Like, it's like what is your hybrid? What's your hybrid house in in Harry oh. Potter? So you'll be like a you know a Griffin Puff or a you know, a Ravendor, you know, whatever. It's like hybrids. I was going to, I was just about to say like, do I care about that? But I was like, no, Emily cares about that. Right. (laughs) Oh, I do. Yes. Yes, Um, I do. Okay. So anyway, so to bring it back. um, So specialness is not just, again, that snowflake factor. So it's not just like, well, Emily's special because she's really into Harry Potter and really into Zelda and also vegan and really dedicated to taking care of her body. Like, those are the things that make Emily special. But the thing is, like, Emily is still going to be en- em- Emily in each of her relationships. You know, she still mm-hmm. brings that unique combination of things in each of her relationships. So, like, in another relationship, she's still going to talk about her love of Zelda 
or talk about vegan food or maybe take someone to yoga class, you know, but it's, but it's the specialness that shows up in the unique dynamic that is created between Emily and like whatever chemistry the other person brings Mm -hmm. is what makes the relationship unique. You know, like I know Emily is all about Harry Potter, but that's never really come up in our relationship. That's not true. so much, mm-hmm. you know, that's not, I mean, sure. We share some nerdy things and we can talk about it, but it's not something that like we really passionately share together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does in other relationships. And again, like these are all like silly examples with like Harry Potter and stuff right. like that. But they can also but be it can go much in, more serious things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It can go into these, these much deeper things mm-hmm. for sure. And then the last one also something that I especially often point out to couples who are just opening up their relationship and who are like, you know, really scared and really want to try to preserve that specialness. Sometimes the biggest factor you have in specialness is just your shared history. Yeah. You know, is mm-hmm. all of the awesome things that you've done together and also all the really difficult shitty times that you've lived through together. Um and that's something that, like, a new person who just comes along to go on a first date with your partner can't mm-hmm. replace whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know? And obviously, that's something that takes time to build. You know, you have to have time to write that history. But that in itself carries so much huge weight, you know? Like, my relationship with Jace, the stuff that we've gone through, both yeah. good and bad and just weird and Japanese, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, that's something that, like, I don't have in any other relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that makes our relationship super special. But then also on the other side, in my other relationships, I've gone through also very different positive, weird, mm-hmm. all over the map kind of things that make those relationships special. Um, So this is definitely a more long-term one, but it is one that does carry a lot of weight, that weight that kind of grows exponentially over time. Uh, Emily, you were sharing something about this, about that having that shared history and people that understand you. Yeah, I mean, specifically with the two of you, you two are the people that know me the best in terms of, like, my polyamorous life. And so I know, like... And this is, like, more to do with friends, but it is kind of a nice way to bring it back to relationship anarchy and, like, show, like, Mm -hmm. hey, your friends can be very important and very special Mm -hmm. people in your lives and, like, a way to make them understand that you're special, that they are special, is to let them know, like, how specifically they are in your lives. And, for Mm -hmm. example, the two of you are the only people who know, like, me and my polyamorous life as well as you possibly, one possibly could... Um, like your and whole I, journey from beginning yeah to, from beginning right. to yeah. right now exactly to right now yeah <laughs> yeah and i i can't really speak to other people um as easily about the whole thing as i can to you and get the same kind of advice about it as i could from the two of you and so that's mm-hmm. a very like special unique thing and something i cherish mm-hmm. in the two of you very much Aww. Bah. i feel so special right now yeah you and then Emily's going to also... take care of Emily's more likely to take care of us and like bring us, you know, vegan. Oh gosh, you're uh, trying to bring it back to brownies. our evolutionary biology. Oh Some vegan brownies that she yes. hunted yes. on the plains. Yes. Yes. And then we're going to survive and it's going to be great. Yeah. And and, I, and and in going along with this, like this is a nice segue into the idea that um you also in terms of making, you know, helping your partner to feel valued in addition to ways to feel unique um is to just you know, really be mindful of that and be sure not to take your older existing partners for granted. You know, if you have that person who is so easygoing that nothing seems to phase them, you know, to not take that for granted and say like, oh, well, then I don't have to worry so much about, 
you know, taking care of them or, or like making sure that they're okay. Cause I know they're going to be always just kind of chill. Um, mm-hmm. or, you know, or whatever it is in your relationship or, or if it is just that, Hey, we have so much history together, so I might not need to go as out of my way to like plan things with them or spend time with them. Um, I know that, you know, this is something that I've been on both sides of, you know, I've, I've definitely regretted not, you know, not really making it as clear to a partner as I wish I had of, you know, how much they mattered to me and how much Mm -hmm. effort I did want to put into that relationship because it felt comfortable. Um, so just sort of a, Mm -hmm. I guess, sort of a word of caution and also maybe, um, you know, something that's exciting to say like, Hey, like keep that excitement there by not taking them for granted and really putting effort into those existing relationships too. For sure. So lastly, we just wanted to say that, that for some of these things, especially if you're going through a time of really not feeling special or your partner is that this isn't something that you're going to fix overnight. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe you'll listen to this podcast and you're just like, fuck, I'm cured. That's awesome. Uh, But, you know, more likely this is something that's going to take some time. But like so many things, I think that the most important thing in terms of, of getting through this is to make sure that you and your partner have an understanding that you're on the same team, that both of you want to feel special that neither of you like wants to feel shitty and complain all the time, that you, you really do believe that both of you want to feel special to the other person, and yeah. also that you want your partner to feel valued. So from both sides of it, both in terms of your own, I want to feel special, I want to feel good in this relationship, and then also, hey, I want you to feel good. And if you both can really come together as a team, knowing that both of you have this same goal even if it's a little hard sometimes and it takes you some time, you know that you're going to get there and that you have each other's support. But also to build on that, keep in mind that other people involved are also going to want to feel special at some point yes, as well. Yes, very true. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to come at it with a mindset of knowing that this is going to, there's going to be space for other people to feel special as well. Sure, definitely. But to know that, that in, you know, in making someone else feel special that their goal, your partner's goal is not to make you feel worse or to try to take advantage of you. That, that that's what I mean about coming together to really have that understanding that you're working together as a team. Not that they're not also on teams with other people or that you're not, um, Mm -hmm. but that, you know, both of you have each other's best interests at heart. Yeah. All right. Well, do you feel special? Uh, you know, I feel a little special. I think it's something to work on, though. It's not going to get fixed overnight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we're excited to have this amazing community of patrons on Patreon. If you want to become part of that, it's patreon.com slash multiamory, and you can join our community there. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. We will keep you posted about all of those as well. If you want to write to us, you can do that at info at multiamory.com. You can tweet at us at multiamory. You can write to us on Facebook or visit our webpage, multiamory.com. Thank you so much. I'm Dedeker. I'm Emily. And I'm Jace. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>